Section nine of A Cruise in an Opium Clipper by Lindsay Anderson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section nine, chapters twenty eight through thirty. Chapter twenty eight. We search for the schooner and find her ashore. A brush with wreckers. We were not long over our impromptu breakfast, and soon we were on deck again, armed and ready for all eventualities. The hands were mustered on deck, told what service we were going on, and twelve of the youngest and the nimblest were told off to harness themselves, and then come aft and get their ammunition out of the magazine. Although the wind had decreased, and the squalls were coming less quickly than an hour ago, the water round us was still one mass of foam, lashed into fury by the mighty force of the wind that still prevailed. As no boat could be put into the water to be of any service, we who were of the exploring party found our way on shore by means of the junk that lay stranded between our port bow and the beach captain gulliver had instructed us to make for the beach at the same place which we had visited the previous afternoon none of us were encumbered with much apparel crimean shirt and trousers cap and canvas slippers were about all any of us had on besides our arms and accoutrements passing into the forest as we landed from the junk we were soon sheltered by the dense foliage from the worst of the storm and being in light marching order we soon arrived on the beach at the point indicated by the captain the first object that met our view looking to the northward was the dutch schooner stranded about three miles northwest of where we were her foremast was gone by the deck and her mainmast had parted about the middle her hull was still intact although the heavy sea that was rolling in on the beach gave little hope that she could last much longer every wave was lifting her skywards and as it receded to make way for other seas the schooner was let down on the beach with so dreadful a crash that had she not been exceptionally strong it must have finished her ere this between us and the schooner were several high and lofty hills not exactly mountains but a good height and very formidable looking to us down on the beach we could not skirt them on the beach for in different places the sea was breaking halfway up the rugged cliffs no time was lost in speculation as to how to get there but as soon as the schooner was seen we were off across the hills at a pretty smart run we got over the first hill in less than no time, but the second seemed to bar our further progress, for the side presented to our view was nearly as perpendicular as a high and well-built wall of granite. Walking towards the sea, whose roaring could be easily heard as it thundered on the beach, we were fortunate in finding a tortuous pass that led through this rocky hill and brought us on to the beach again, about half a mile from the schooner the hull was still holding together and as she had been driven higher up on the beach with each successive wave she did not lift so much with the sea and of course the crash of her downcoming was also less thus giving her a chance of holding out much longer arriving abreast of where she lay we were hailed by those on board with every species of gesticulation that could express their joy and thankfulness for our so speedily coming to their rescue she was not so far off but what we could see those on board shaking hands with each other in the exuberance of their joy hope now filled their hearts instead of despair 
for had she broken up before our arrival all would most likely have perished for if not drowned or dashed to pieces death most likely awaited them in another form at the hands of the uncivilized natives these were down in great force but heeding not the cries of the helpless crew they were busily intent on carrying away the sails and wreckage of the schooner's foremast which had drifted half a mile to the northward of the wreck while i endeavoured with two of our hands to float off the log chip attached to our log line which we had brought with us for this purpose mr nealance took the rest of our party along the beach in the direction of the natives who were busy wrecking and heedless of the lives of the crew who might have perished any moment by the breaking of their vessel or being washed off her deck for the sea was making a clean sweep of her yet and it must have been worse before she was driven high up on the beach the natives instead of retiring as nealance and his party drew towards them showed evident signs of hostility brandishing their spears and yelling some fearful war-hoop they started at a run some two or three hundred of them as if to attack our small but to their amazement well-armed party in a twinkling our men had unslung their minier rifles which had been loaded when we first entered the bush and firing a volley into the advancing band of natives brought them to a sudden stop another volley was fired into them which made them bout ship and clear for the woods and i and my two men going up we gave them a parting volley which hastened their flight to make sure of their not coming round secretly from the forest and surprising us while we were getting the schooner's crew on shore we also entered the bush and firing volley after volley we chased them through the woods till we saw them in full swing helter-skelter across some paddy fields and towards a village some nine or ten miles off in the direction which they had taken chapter twenty nine we rescue the crew my party relieved by the captain and a fresh party having now as we imagined got rid of the wreckers we returned to the beach and began anew our attempts to establish communication with the stranded schooner after several unsuccessful attempts to float off the log chip in the drawback of the retiring sea we were at length rewarded with success as soon as the schooner's crew got a hold of our log-line they bent on to it the end of a three-inch manila rope which we soon hauled on shore and made fast to a stout tree another smaller line was got on shore in the middle of which was made a bowline knot with the eye of it round the first and stouter rope as soon as all was properly fixed the work of landing the crew began by the time we had succeeded in getting half of the crew on shore the wind and sea had considerably abated so much so that we could get on board the schooner without the aid of the travelling line by running through the surf halfway keeping a good hold of the manila line letting one sea pass over us and then as the waves receded making a run for the side ladder which the crew had hung over when they found out our intention of getting on board one of the rescued men had informed us that the captain had been ill of fever and ague for two or three days and was very ill and weak so nealance and i watching our chance succeeded in getting safely on board the better to arrange about landing the captain 
arriving on the schooner's deck we were heartily welcomed by those on board every one trying to be first to shake us by the hand in the exuberance of their joy we found her very much strained and parted amidships on the off side so that had the storm continued without abatement she must have broken up ere then she was pretty well up the beach by this time and the seas had less effect on her although the tops of the waves as they broke on her off side kept washing over her heavily they had lost the buoyant power of lifting her very much out of the bed she had made for herself in the soft shifting sand of the beach we found the captain very ill indeed and so weak that we suggested the advisability of waiting an hour or two till the storm had further abated before we attempted to land him the captain on our assurance that the sea would rapidly go down and that she would hold together as she then was consented to this arrangement leaving the captain in the hands of his steward who was tenderly caring for him we went forward and had a talk with the mate about the advisability of saving their clothes and such stores as they had of any value worth preserving the sailors thereupon proceeded to pack up their clothing in their bags and chests while the mates went aft and got all belonging to them and the captain secured in a similar manner watching the recoil of the waves our men from the beach would run up nearly alongside the wreck keeping hold of the rope with one hand while with the other they seized hold of a bag of clothing or a portmanteau or two of them would grasp hold of a chest and watching their chance allow the next incoming wave to carry them up the beach as far as it would then taking fast and firm hold of the line when the wave recoiled allowed it to pass and then walked up the beach and deposited whatever they had secured far enough away to be clear of the reach of the water in like manner the spare sails the cabin stores bolts of canvas even the carpenter's tool chest generally a pretty heavy one and a quantity of live poultry were all brought on shore and safely deposited on the beach some three or four hours had now elapsed since our arrival at the wreck and the wind and sea had greatly abated so much so that we were now enabled to land the captain without even wetting his feet with one of the spare sails we rigged a kind of tent and made up a couch on which we placed the captain who seemed utterly exhausted and broken down the loss of his vessel added greatly to his distress after getting the captain made comfortable we turned our attention to the getting of something to eat we were all on shore from the wreck everything was done that was possible and we were all sitting resting on the sails and baggage some were eating tinned preserves others slices of nice raw ham and biscuits of cheese there was abundance with a goodly supply of claret and sauterne to wash the food down with while we were in the midst of our feasting we were agreeably surprised by the arrival of our captain and no less a personage than captain rooney of the receiving ship accompanied by a number of men from both vessels the disaster to the schooner had attracted the attention of captain rooney who acting on the instinct of common humanity as soon as the weather had abated and he could leave his ship had gone on board the Eamont to consult with our captain as to the advisability of endeavouring to rescue the crew of the schooner 
being informed that a party from our ship were already gone to the rescue he was well pleased a few friendly advances were made on both sides and in a minute the two who had borne such enmity for each other became the best of friends it was decided between them to go with sufficient men to relieve us to see what had transpired and to decide upon any further measures that might be necessary as soon as they had been informed by mr nealance of all that had been done as well as the interference of the natives and that we had been obliged to use our rifles to chase them away both captains expressed themselves well pleased that we had been enabled to defend and rescue the shipwrecked crew everything around us was becoming quiet and placid the wind was lulling fast and the sea was quickly becoming a gentle ripple the new arrivals had seen none of the natives nor had we since we had hunted them across the paddy fields it being the intention of the two captains to remain for some time and consult with the dutch captain as to what was best to be done our captain called me to him and said anderson you can go back to the ship with your party of men i dare say they are hungry and need dry clothes as well leave your rifles and ammunition with my party for they brought none as we of course knew we could have yours but i don't suppose the natives will trouble us after the peppering they have got shall i come back again i asked well yes he said if we are not back by four o'clock tell mr jule to let you have a half dozen of our best men well armed and come and meet us for the natives might show out as the darkness comes on especially amongst the trees as we pass through the woods chapter thirty miraculous escape from hostile natives the captain and his men hunted by them the men who had been with us on the beach having handed over their rifles revolvers and ammunition to the newcomers now started along with me on our return to the Emont taking the route along the beach we endeavoured to pass to seaward of the hills that intervened between us and the harbour but much to our chagrin we found that the water had not receded far enough to enable us to get round the bluff and the waves were breaking too heavily to chance swimming round to the beach on the other side very reluctantly we were compelled to retrace our steps and steer for the pass we had come through in the early part of the day when proceeding to the rescue as we came towards the pass the path from the beach narrowed a good deal so that we were compelled to walk in single file coming to the entrance of the pass some hidden influence or mysterious fate compelled me to draw my sword and carry it in my hand resting it on the shoulder ready for immediate use the captain and his party had seen no natives they said therefore such an idea as meeting with them was farthest from my thoughts the road they had come had never been mentioned and it is possible they may have crossed the hills more inland than we did and so avoided the gorge this pass was the entrance into entering the pass at the head of my men for a second my heart almost ceased to beat at the startling sight that met my gaze the pass was lined on both sides with natives armed with pole-axes spears huge knives and many other ugly death-dealing instruments while the natives themselves looked ferocious wild and untamed although taken flat aback at the sight of the murderous-looking throng 
a subtle instinct within me carried me forward sword in hand looking to the right and left with a cool staring eye which seemed to curb the revengeful spirit in the natives till arriving at the other end of the defile i stopped turned round saw all the men safely through and then told them in very unmistakable english to make a clean pair of heels for the ship while i brought up the rear at a very sharp pace as soon as i had got a little way from the entrance of the pass so that the natives might not see us in too great a hurry how they let us through without touching a hair of our heads or once making a motion towards us passes my comprehension for as we walked through that pass between these armed savages i expected every second a blow on the head from a pole-axe or to be pierced through with one of their long and keen-edged lances a kind providence had certainly watched over us for that time and shame to say looking back through the mist of over thirty years not one of us there returned thanks to god for our preservation or gave him the honour that was due for thus protecting us a few short hours previously we were firing on these half-civilized beings whose natures had now been charged with the murderous passion for revenge their countenances as i first looked at them glaring with it and yet for the space of ten minutes their passion was held in check and eleven unarmed men passed through their lines in safety neither slackening our pace nor wasting time in looking behind us we soon arrived at the summit of the hills that lay between us and the harbour on gaining the summit we there paused to take breath and seeing no signs of the natives following us we descended the hill in a more leisurely manner towards the harbour than we had ascended the other side the storm had by this time subsided and the harbour had recovered its usual calm placidity mr jewell observing us coming down the hill had a boat in readiness to bring us on board and we were soon safely landed on the deck of the eamont i reported to mr jewell the orders i had received from the captain and acquainted him with the fact that i had met a crowd of the natives in the pass heavily armed and looking murderous and revengeful mr jewell thought with me that the matter was serious enough for me to return with a number of armed men as soon as i had changed my clothes and had some dinner instead of waiting till four o'clock as the captain had instructed me when leaving the beach i was soon inside another suit of clothes and was just in the act of sitting down to luncheon with mr jewell when the sentry called us to come on deck hurrying up and looking towards the hill we had so lately descended we there discovered our people whom we had left on the beach running down the hill with the natives in full chase behind them in less time than i can write it two boats were manned and at the beach ready to receive them while i with a dozen men with rifles loaded marched forward got between our men and the natives and at the command of our captain fired a volley into the pursuers which soon brought them to a halt reloading our rifles we gave them another volley which made them bout ship and scamper away back over the hill as soon as we had thus rid ourselves of the natives the captain ordered us to fall back and get on board the ship he himself and captain rooney along with an american gentleman who had been staying with rooney over a trip of his tender that supplied the receiving ship with opium coming on board the eamont with us 
End of section nine.